Welcome to the America's Workforce Radio Podcast, the flagship production of the American Workers Radio and Podcast Network, where organized labor and its never-ending fight to protect the rights of the American worker come first. Now, presented by LIUNA, Laborers International Union of North America, here's your host, Ed Flash Ferens. New jobs data from Washington, good news for females and for the state of manufacturing. Meanwhile, a major concession by General Motors to the UAW. And today on the show, the latest from the Communication Workers of America and the Valley Labor Report on Stagehands Day. Welcome to the Tuesday, October 10th edition of America's Workforce, where we are available on at least five platforms, including... Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora. Frank Matthews will be our first guest on the show today. Serves as the Administrative Director for District 4 of the Communication Workers of America, cwa-union.org is their national website. If you go to the homepage, you'll read a whole lot about the PRO Act, the Protecting the Right to Organize Act, which will put power in the hands of workers. Don't we all want that? I'll read right from the uh, webpage. When workers organize, mobilize, and strike together, we can build power and win the wages, the benefits, and working conditions we need and deserve. But that can be extremely difficult when our current laws keep the balance of power tilted in favor of CEOs and the super rich. The problem is when CEOs and the 1% hold so much power, our economy and laws stay rigged in favor of the wealthy. They get richer while our wages stay stagnant and our working conditions get worse. We need big change. That's why we need the Protect the Right to Organize Act, historic legislation that will put power in the hands of workers and reverse decades of legislation, which is pretty much meant to crush unions. Again, go to that homepage, put your name on this piece of legislation. Also, we're going to talk about Build Back Better Broadband. That's a mouthful. Americans need high-speed, affordable broadband to work, learn, shop, and succeed in the world today. But millions of us don't have reliable Internet access. Frank has talked about this on the show many, many times. And this is kind of equated to when the telephone came out. A long time ago. If you didn't have a telephone, you were out. You you were not connected. Similar situation now with the, uh, with the Internet. Again, you can add your name to this petition and ask state officials to create broadband build-out plans that ensure, and this is important, that the funds go toward lasting infrastructure and creating good jobs want to call attention here to the U.S. Department of Labor. They announced recently some grants that included $2 million. This is for CWA Local 7603 in Idaho to establish a registered apprenticeship and pre-apprenticeship program for broadband techs in that state aimed at preparing the skilled workforce needed to improve and upgrade broadband infrastructure within the designated counties of Idaho. Now, that's a perfect example. I mean, not very many people live in Idaho, so it's so darn important that they, too, be connected to the world. 
And we're also going to talk about the one-year anniversary. I touched on this uh, Friday. One year for the strike at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And uh, after this time has passed, the workers are calling for enforcement of a federal law against corporate owners over there. It's been a real nasty fight in uh, Pittsburgh. And the CWA represents the News Guild. And that's why we're talking about that a year later. I still can't believe that's still going on. Adam Keller will be joining us uh, later in the show, and he's been on a number of times. He's co-host and co-producer of the Valley Labor Report, TVLR.com. In fact, uh, I was on the Valley Labor Report on Saturday with Jacob Morrison, his co-host. A lot of fun with with, uh, Jacob. Great guy. I was on for, my gosh, about 35 or 40 minutes. Today is Stage Management Day, and uh, Adam, well, he's a member of IATSE, which uh, the full name is the International Alliance for Theatrical Stage Employees, Moving Picture Technicians, Artists, and Allied Crafts of the United States. IATSE is also in Canada, all through the United States. They represent over 168,000 techs, artisans, and craft persons in the entertainment industry. We're talking live events, motion picture, TV production, broadcast, and trade shows. And again, today, in honor of Stage Management Day, Adam is going to talk about the work that he has done as a stagehand, what a typical gig looks like, and the different jobs required to make a live event successful. That There's a lot of nail-biting, a lot of nail-biting, because there's a lot of moving parts in a live performance. And you need professionals, you need the pro pro professionals to make sure that that happens and it happens in the right way. And if there's something that goes wrong, everybody knows about it. You know the story on that one. So uh, Adam Keller will be our second guest on the show. Now a brief look into the world of labor. The segment brought to you by the good folks at Boyd Watterson Asset Management. You can find more at BoydWatterson.com. Employers stepped up hiring sharply in uh, September, adding 336,000 jobs. Strongest monthly gain since January. Now, the unemployment rate held steady at 3.8%. The economists, who are paid to know much better, figured there was going to be about 170,000 jobs added. So it was almost double that. Oops. Job gains for July and August were revised up by a combined 119,000 pushing the advances for each month over 200,000. Average hourly earnings rose 7 cents. This is the median pay in America, $33.88, 33.88. Now keep in mind that's everybody, even CEOs are, uh, are part of that figure. In September, leisure and hospitality, which includes bars and restaurants, led the job gains with 96,000. Government added 73,000 jobs, partly reflecting the return of teachers. Healthcare, adding 41,000 jobs. Professional and business services, 21,000. Retail, 20,000. Manufacturing, up 17,000 jobs in September. Scott Paul of the Alliance for American Manufacturing said after a long period of stagnant hiring in factories, it's good to see slow and steady job growth again. 
while there's still many reasons for concern, high interest rates, uncertainty because of the chaotic nature of Congress. Oh, yeah. Foreign currency interventions and more. I believe manufacturing has a bright future ahead. The uh, the White House proclaimed this was uh, on Friday, Manufacturing Day. And they pointed out booming construction of manufacturing facilities led by semiconductor fabs. 13 million manufacturing jobs, highest total in 15 plus years. Right now, there's a lot of positions open in factories. 640,000. Policy support unmatched in modern history through infrastructure investment. And this is really significant. Our trade deficit with China is down. 33% compared to last year. China's economy is not doing well. And a lot of the jobs that went to China, well, that's the reshoring part. You're seeing these plants like Intel pop up around the United States. Scott said, as anyone in the industry can tell you, we can't take anything for granted. It's vital that the United States continues to implement policy that supports and strengthens domestic manufacturing. The uh, jobless rate report on Friday also included some unexpectedly strong data and good news for women. September saw a drop in unemployment for all adult women from 32 to 3.1%, and that drop was shared by all ethnic groups, with Hispanic-Latina women's rate dropping from 44 to 4.3%. Black women's rate falling from 47 to 4.5%. White women's rate 2.9 to 2.8. Asian women 2.9 to 2.1. They also saw higher than expected job growth with women gaining 185,000 jobs. 57,000 more than in August and totaling 55% of all new payroll jobs. And the strongest job growth, no surprise here, leisure, hospitality, education, and health services, and then in government. 185,000 of the 336,000 jobs in one month went to women. UAW President Sean Fain announced that General Motors has agreed to include workers at joint venture battery plants under the union's national labor agreement. This is huge. This is huge. GM had previously argued that the union cannot legally negotiate over EV battery plants, but the threat of the strike, which is escalating, caused the company to change its tune. Hats off to Sean Fain on that one. Meanwhile, the UAW was poised to call on 5,000 workers at GM's assembly plant in Arlington, Texas, to join the stand-up strike. The Arlington plant, mind you, is considered to be one of the most profitable manufacturing facilities in the world. These workers would have joined 25,000 already on strike at five assembly plants and 38 parts distribution centers nationwide. Fain said, we're about to shut down GM's largest moneymaker in Arlington. And he did this on Facebook Live. Today, under the threat of a major financial hit, they leapfrogged the pack in terms of a just transition. He said, our strike is working, but we're not there yet. 
So he's just dangling that right now. He uh, shared the update while symbolically awarding roses to automakers, GM, Stellantis, and Ford, based on progress at the negotiating table. And this is a reference to the reality show, The Bachelor. (laughs) He's got a sense of humor. He said that based on the company's progress, it will not expand its strikes against the big three. These public updates on bargaining are a key feature of their shift in strategy. Traditionally, UAW negotiators disclose nothing while union members sat tight and waited for a final result. Serious bargaining happens at the table, not in public. That came from GM CEO Mary Barra. This was in a statement a couple of weeks ago on September 29th. The UAW, she said, is pitting the companies against one another, but it's a strategy that ultimately only helps the non-union competition. However, non-union workers, well, they're watching what's going on right now. And Fain told NBC News the response from auto workers at non-union companies has been overwhelming. Hundreds of workers across the country, from the West to the Midwest, and especially the South, are reaching out to join our movement and join the UAW. How about that? All right, we have to take a quick break. Frank Matthews on behalf of the Communication Workers of America coming up next. You're listening to America's Workforce with Ed Flash Ferens. It takes Lyuna to build North America's infrastructure. From roads and bridges to schools and skyscrapers, the men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, build the projects we depend on. From constructing the Freedom Tower on the site of the former World Trade Center to untangling Washington, D.C.'s congested interstate, Lyuna members do the work that matters. Find out what it takes to be built by Lyuna at lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. The Ironworkers Great Lakes District Council, consisting of eight ironworker local unions in West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Michigan. We build the skylines and bridges along the Great Lakes. With more work than ever before, the Great Lakes District Council is actively searching out the next great ironworker. Whether it's building the next Intel plant or constructing a bridge to safely connect our great cities along the lake. So join the Ironworkers Great Lakes District Council today. Find out how and learn more about the council by visiting IWDistrictCouncil.com. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the International Federation of Professional and Technical Engineers. You can find more at IFPTE.org. America's Workforce Radio is sponsored in part by the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, District Council 6, representing painters, glazers, drywall finishers, and sign and display industry workers. They remind you that belonging to a union is your right as an American. America's Workforce is presented by the Labor's International Union of North America. Feel the power right now at Lyuna.org. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on Twitter or X. That would be AWF Union Podcast. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by the United Labor Agency. You can find more at ulagency.org. Let's go to uh, line number one. Welcome one of our longtime sponsors, and that would be the Communication Workers of America. Joining us is Frank Matthews, who serves as District 4 Administrative Director, CWA-Union, 
Org is a national website, and uh, I was talking at the beginning of the show about the importance of the PRO Act, which is actually the Richard Trumka Protect the Right to Organize Act. It was named after him after he suddenly passed away about two years ago. And uh, this would be a game changer. Frank Matthews, I'll tell you, once again, the CWA on the forefront. And uh, it's important because it, it, it's not getting much press right now. Well, there's a lot of things going on in the world. I get it. I get it. The, the world is uh, very unstable at this point. And we don't have a speaker in the House of Representatives. I could go on and on and on. But let's talk about the PRO Act and kind of uh, reinvigorate the movement on getting this passed because this would be a game changer. There's about, I want to say, 65 or 70 million people in the country that would join a union if it wasn't so darn difficult, if they wouldn't be threatened, if they wouldn't be intimidated. Well, the PRO Act would change all that. Frank, I'm going to let you pick it up from there. Go ahead, Bob. Oh, hey, thanks. Uh, good afternoon, Flash. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the PRO Act actually passed Congress in 2020 and 2021, and but uh, failed to get any traction in the Senate where, as you know, the filibuster uh, is an ugly thing and some anti-worker senators, uh, you know, filibustered it and... The only thing we can do is to keep putting it out there and making politicians take a stand. You're either going to stand for working Americans and you're going to stand for things getting better as far as wages, benefits, and and people having a voice a voice on the work site, or you're going to stand with you know millionaires and CEOs. And um, so uh, the the pro act you're. 100% correct. It was reintroduced this year under uh, Richard's name and, um, uh, and called the Richard Trumpka, you know, Protecting the Right to Organize Act um, back in February or March, I believe. And, you know, I guess the best way I can describe it is, you know, when, when, when we as workers can organize, mobilize, and we have the ability to strike without fear, uh, over wages, benefits, and other working conditions, it's a really good equalizer. Um, you know, the CEOs and the 1% uh, pretty much uh, hold all the power in the laws right now. It's it's pretty much rigged in their favor on, um, you know, when it comes to contracts, getting a first contract. Um, you know, they can actually hire a a a union busting firm to come in during an organizing drive and and everything they spend is tax deductible um you know things like that that slant the table flash and uh you know so uh this is historic legislation uh it puts power in the hands of the worker and it uh you know it, and it shifts that power from CEOs and workers or from CEOs to the workers so i guess in a nutshell uh, a few of the things that the, the bill will do is uh protects strikes and protest actions um makes it easier to get a first contract cuz as we've spoke before Fox, you know a lot of people will organize get a first contract and then the companies just drag their feet and you know we've we've had some groups out there that have organized, and 
a year, two down the road, they still don't have a first contract because of these illegal foot dragging actions by CEOs and and, and corporate people. Um, so you know that's huge. Uh, it strengthens protections for the workers as they're organizing. Um, you know, historically, what companies will do will come in and and you know make things rough even to the extent of termination of some folks that try to form a union. Um, it prevents worker misclassification because a lot of times what these corporations will do is they'll, they'll misclassify an employee as, say, a contractor when they're really not a contractor. You know, the company's paying their wages, benefits. Uh, they'll misclassify them so they cannot organize. And um, it deals a blow and overturns... Um, the right to work laws. So uh, it's historic. It's huge. And if it got through, you're right. It, that's, that wasn't hyperbole. Uh, it is a game changer and it, and it could change everything. Cause to your point, um, you know, in our survey last year, it showed that over you know, unions are really, especially after COVID enjoying a, um, a renaissance, if you will, or uh, we've never been favored, more favorable by, People that don't have unions, they wish they did, and 70% of Americans uh, favor unions or wish they could be in a union. So, um, you know, if people want to learn more about the PRO Act, they can go to uh, cwa-union.org. Uh, that's our website, and there will be a, a, a banner there on protecting the work to organize or protecting the right to organize the PRO Act. And when you click on that, you can actually go to a online petition, or you can also call 877-750-7411 if you want to uh, leave a voicemail with your uh, elected officials. But, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a stork flash, and we really need it to go through. Would you be so kind to repeat that phone number? That was yeah. kind of fast for me to write down. Go ahead. That's all right. one uh, 877 750 If you go to the national website, cwa-union.org, you can add your name to that petition. Now, in the reality of the world today, which is scary at times, you, you know that this is not going to go anywhere in the House. But those of you listening, you have to understand something. What Frank is talking about here is putting lawmakers on the record because we want to know how they stand on unions and if they vote no on the pro act well guess what when election time comes around now you know now you know because they're, they're going to have some opposition and probably probably their opposition is going to say yeah i like the pro act am i uh, am i saying this correctly mr matthews oh you're you're spot on it's all about uh making them take a position and some of these waffling politicians that like to act like they're for working families the you know they hate being put on the snide if you will and and having to have a position or a vote if you will or a non-vote on an action and uh, you're you're 100% correct by 
protect the right to organize act. We're talking historic legislation, putting power back into the hands of workers. And that's exactly what we want. And right now, I'll tell you, especially with the auto workers, I mean, they're, they're definitely making progress. They're still on strike, but they're definitely making progress. And to Frank's point, uh, Gallup has shown that there's uh, well over my gosh, two out of three, almost three out of four people supporting unions in, in the auto workers. It's almost four out of five. That's uh, that's how strong it is. Let's uh, switch gears here. Talk about the Build Back Better broadband legislation here. Now, we we have this contained in the uh, infrastructure bill, which was passed uh, actually a couple of years ago. It was signed right. into law. So what's at play here? Is this like a state-by-state type of thing? Explain that part to me. Uh, Again, absolutely. Um, What the Biden's, and I'll just call it what it is, it's Biden's Federal Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. Um, You know, coming out of of COVID, uh, I think what we learn more than anything is in in COVID, just COVID and, and the shutdown just amplified it that Americans need affordable high-speed broadband. And President Biden has, has recognized that. And, and he knows just how scattered it is around the country on who has and who doesn't. You know, broadband, um, there is a digital divide in this country. I mean, we saw parents taking their kids to McDonald's during the, the COVID crisis to do their homework because they didn't have adequate broadband at their houses. So what Biden did was through the uh, Federal Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, he provided for broadband equity, access, and deployment. That's a a pretty fancy phrase there, but what you'll hear it called out here in the the states is BEAD, B-E-A-D, BEAD. So when you hear politicians or you hear people talking about the BEAD, program. They are talking about the broadband, equity, access, and deployment. And the, the beauty of, of President Biden's plan was that um, he realized, Flash, that the, the job was going to be so huge that if it was left up to the federal government, in all honesty, to, to implement something over 50 states, you know, it would probably be either not done correctly or it would have taken some time to do. And at that point, you're you're dependent on a lot of factors. Um, so the brilliance of the the program is that although the federal government set these sets sets a set a few guidelines around this, um, they basically gave the states. The, the option that they can design a plan on how to implement this. So um, what we have now is here probably by the end of this month or next month, most of the states will, starting about right now, be publishing their, their plan. And so what we have been doing from a CWA standpoint is – once those rules are set set by state, uh, you know you, you kind of shift what you what you do and and how you get this work for for working uh, workers in this country and 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 particularly high road employers. But um, what we have been doing is going around to these each state 
and urging them to basically, uh, when they build their program or when they put their individual state plan together, and the very cool thing here, Flash, is every state is going to get at least $100 million. Some are going to get uh, 10 times that. But, and, it, and it's based on the, the, the quality of their plan, um, the detail of their plan. And what we're urging each state to do is to, A, put in a future-proof network. And what I mean by future-proof is use fiber technology. You know, there's so many different ways that you can get broadband to your home now. It's wireless, uh, through coax, uh, through copper, and through fiber. Those are basically the four time, four ways to get broadband from into your home. And our position is that fiber optic technology is foolproof, it's future-proof, and it's infinite. We haven't found, you know... A lot of these technologies are limited on exactly how many meg they can deliver, how fast the speeds they can run. We've pushed so much data and so many megs through fiber to this point that even at 1,000 megs, we can't get a fiber to, to fail. So we're pushing for fiber technology. Um, another good thing with the fiber technology is the only equipment on a, on a fiber run from, say, a central office to your house flash, the only equipment is at the central office in your house. So once the fiber is put in, there's no more hanging more lines on. There's no more constant construction out there on the roads. You basically have one line, and as technology changes, the only equipment that needs changes is by your provider in the office and at your home, whether it be like a new modem or, or something. And the nice thing about that is, and people, we, we, we go talking about the electric grid and, 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 and green-type products. So many products like coax cable and even telephone copper and wireless depend on every so many hundred feet they have to have a, a repeater or something plugged into electric, that kind of thing. The fiber optic technology has no electric on it through its system. So it is a green, it's actually even a, a greener technology and, and reduces our carbon footprint. So you have that, plus we are encouraging that, um, that uh, states put a preference on high road employers. And, and, I'm, and I'm really careful not to say union employers because that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying high road employers. Um, a high road employer is somebody that follows labor and OSHA rules, doesn't have a bunch of violations when it comes to safety at a state. Um, our biggest fear is that as, as this work rolls out, you know, when, when there's this much money, you're going to see all kinds of fly-by-night operators come in. Oh, and yeah. the last thing we want to see is that some unsafe non-high road employer that's not playing, paying a living wage to employees that's taking shortcuts getting this getting the reward of of these contracts when it should go to those uh, high road employers that do follow the rules so those are the two things so hopefully we'll see um as the states start releasing their their bead programs the broadband equity access and deployment uh, this month, 
we'll start seeing some of those have already implemented that those rules into their programs and uh then the work really takes off from here and it it's going to be a, a it's it's going to be a a several year thing to build a, a future proof network for uh, a new generation and uh like i said we need to end, end the digital divide in this country and whether you're in you know whether you're in plainfield ohio or you're in uh cuyahoga, cuyahoga county you know the you're you're the the broadband that you have really determines your quality of life because yep. of so much that's going on with with um you know with online medicine online education so uh it it needs addressed and thank goodness the biden administration has implemented this and i think it could change our country no doubt build better broadband and you could find more on the um, national website cwa-union.org another petition that you could add your name to all right we have to take a quick break frank matthews joining us on our live line on behalf of the communication workers of america district four where he serves as administrative director adam keller will be joining us later in the show on behalf of the valley labor report he's going to talk about international stagehands day today back in a few minutes this is america's workforce more shows available at awfradio.com it takes Lyuna to power North America with affordable energy. The men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, have the skills needed to build and maintain oil, natural gas, nuclear, solar, and wind projects that are shaping America's energy future. From new energy tech to retrofitted facilities, Lyuna members do it all. Find out what it takes to be powered by Lyuna at Lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A. We're the nurses, firefighters, and claims representatives that help keep our government services running. We respond to natural disasters. We care for our nation's veterans. And we investigate discrimination in the workplace. We are federal and D.C. government workers. And we are proud to serve the American people. Working in more than 70 agencies across the government, we know we can fulfill our mission because our union has our back. Learn more at AF. FGE.org. Paid for by the American Federation of Government Employees, AFL-CIO. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the United Auto Workers. Find more at UAW.org. There is unity and strength for workers. We are the USW. We are the USW. The, the United, United Steelworkers. Steel the largest industrial union in North America. We represent 850,000 members in, in the, the U.S., US Canada, Canada, and the, the Caribbean. Caribbean. We work in metals, rubber, chemicals, paper, oil refining, atomic energy, and the service sector. We are steel workers, standing strong and fighting for what's right. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Communication Workers of America. You can find more at cwa-union.org. America's Workforce appreciates our sponsor, the Columbus Central Ohio Building and Construction Trades Council, who represents more than 18,000 workers from 19 affiliated local unions and district councils. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Iron Workers. You can find more at ironworkers.org. Now, back to Ed Flash Ferrens with America's Workforce. And remember, you can check us out on at least five platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora. And when you get an opportunity, just sign up and receive our shows on a regular basis and give us a rating. Always appreciate those five-star ratings, so please keep them coming. Let's go back to our live line. 
rejoin Frank Matthews on behalf of the Communication Workers of America District 4, which includes five states in the Midwest, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, Wisconsin, and Michigan. Now, Pennsylvania, not in that group, but the CWA nationally is uh, supporting the striking Pittsburgh Post-Gazette workers. The News Guild is a division of the CWA. Frank, I I can't believe this has been going on for a year now. Maybe you could fill us in. Uh, I know that there's... uh, Workers that are standing standing strong here. There's there's strike breakers going on. It's an ugly situation. Let's just put it that way. But I'd like to get your take on it. Go ahead. Uh, it's, yeah, it's uh, ugly to say the least. And we've got a an owner, Block Corporation, the Block family over there that seems intent on on destruction um, at any cost. Um, you know, I, and I think to 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 put a bow, not a bow around this, but to, to bring everything into perspective, you know, so many corporations um, just, uh, they, they paint the worker as, as greedy and, you know, and, and to put themselves in a fair light and to justify their actions. But, you know, uh, this started over a year ago, to your point, and the reason it started was, A, Many of these employees that went on strike had not received a raise in over 16 years. And then on uh, around October 1st of last year, um, you know, arbitrarily, you know, their, their health care was just cut off by the employer. So um, it, it uh, you know, it, it leads one to, to really put everything into perspective on on, you know, what these folks are going through. I think the fact that it's going a year is a really te- a really great testament to the members' courage. Um, you know, uh, basically, the Pittsburgh Post Gazette has violated the law and refers and by refusing to the terms of the previous contract. Um, you know, that's been um, you know that's been determined by the NLRB and court orders. So, uh, you know. Basically, they are in non-compliance at this point. And on October 6th of this year, CWA leadership over there called for, again, the NLRB and the courts to enforce their findings. Uh, and if necessary, even direct U.S. Marshals to um, arrest the blocks for non-compliance. Um, you know, this is a... This is a a media mogul family that uh, are, you know, basically being run by grandchildren of its founder. And, uh, you know, they own several uh, publications and media outlets, uh, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, The Blade, um, in Louisville, WDRB, WBKI, and Lima, Ohio, they own WLIO-TV over there. Um, Buckeye Cable here in Ohio and Metro Fiber Cable, and um, you know it's 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 really a sad sad thing um, what's going on here, and it shows the you know these folks got some skin in the game over there. They are worried about their future, and uh, and rightfully so. It really puts into perspective. Here are some people that you know could have said nothing a year ago. Mm-hmm. But they realize that 
if their kids and their kids' kids and if the people that come forward in that industry have any sort of future whatsoever, um, you know, you have to be, A, getting a living wage, getting benefits, and all the profits can't just be going to, to corporate CEOs. And, to, you know, most CEOs see that and they, they try to find a medium somewhere. They might not like it. But in this case, it just seems like uh, the the block corporation over there and that block family are are uh, have their sights set on decimating the you know and and uh, and and just going the opposite way and being as difficult and um, you know I saw where um, a couple days ago Senator Fetterman joined the folks at the line, picket line and 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 had them fired up and and spoke a lot of truths and let's just hope that um that it a you know doesn't go on for too long but you know those folks have a chant over there one day longer one day or one day stronger one day longer and i think they're in it for the long haul and um and god bless them and and the courage they show is is tremendous it's hard to believe frank that it's been going on one year but uh, to your point Hats off to the uh, strikers showing the solidarity to make sure that that strike's still going on. Maybe they're going to bend here. I don't know. That's that, that family is a tough one to deal with. And the bigger picture here, it's sad to see what's happened to the entire newspaper industry with all these hedge funds buying up uh, newspapers and then shedding staff. That's another story in itself. Frank Matthews, Communication Workers of America, District 4 Administrative Director. You take care, my friend, and we'll talk to you in a month. Okay, brother? Take care, brother. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Adam Keller's with the Valley Labor Report. He's also a stagehand, and he's going to talk about Stagehands Day right after this. This is America's Workforce. It takes Lyuna to keep America running. Over 70,000 public employees are part of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, delivering critical services such as health care and emergency response, as well as maintaining roads and sanitation systems. Even the National Postal Mail Handlers Union, representing over 47,000 U.S. postal workers, is affiliated with LIUNA. Find out what it takes for LIUNA to keep America running at LIUNA.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. The Heat and Frost Insulators and Allied Workers are proud to be a title sponsor for America's Workforce Radio. The Insulators Union is leading the way in the mechanical insulation industry, fire stopping, and infectious disease control. Regarded as North America's energy conservation specialist, these professionals are known for their professional work and dedication. You can learn more about the Insulators Union at insulators.org. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the United Steelworkers. You can find more at usw.org. America's Workforce is sponsored in part by Boyd Watterson Asset Management, LLC. Find out more about our investment solutions tailored to meet the needs of Taft-Hartley funds at voidwaterson.com. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, where you can find more at teamster.org. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on Twitter or X, whatever you prefer. That would be AWF. Union Podcast. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by the Ohio Federation of Teachers. You can find more at oh.aft.org. 
Let's go down south right now, specifically the state of Alabama. Joining us on our live line is Adam Keller, who is the co-host and co-producer of the Valley Labor Report. Adam, no stranger to America's workforce. TVLR.FM is a website. The voice of the South when it comes to working men and women. And today we're going to talk about stage management day. And for good reason, because Adam is a proud member of IATSE, the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, the full name. I didn't realize this. Thank you for sending this to me. The International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, Moving Picture Technicians, Artists and Allied Crafts of the United States. <laughs> That's a mouthful. We'll just stick with IATSE. How are we doing today, my union brother? Oh, I'm doing great. Always enjoy coming on the show and, and getting to talk a little bit about working folks. Uh, and yeah, definitely an honor to talk about uh, stage work and IATSE. And you are right, that name is a mouthful. So as you can imagine, when we pledge people into the union and they have to repeat the full name, it takes a while. Uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I wanted to throw that in there just so folks kind of had an idea of, of who all we do represent. You know what I said at the beginning of the show? If you're a stagehand or you're a member of a, a union like IATSE, there's a lot of moving parts. We're talking live production a lot you've got audiences you've got tv audiences i mean it it's it's a nail biter in some situations so talk to me about that part and and why did you why did you choose that course i think let's let's start right there go ahead sure so you know for my story i needed work frankly i uh was really just struggling and i needed to to fit in somewhere and get some work and I wanted, of course, a union environment coming from a labor background. And when I found out they needed some extra help in Huntsville with the stagehands as, uh, you know, live entertainment, of course, took a dive during the pandemic. And in 2021, it started to pick back up. So that was, you know, an opportunity for me to get my foot in the door and learn a little bit about the craft. I, I told them up front, guys, I am not great with a wrench. I can write a heck of a grievance for you, but, uh, you know, give me a wrench and a hammer, I might be a little lost. So, you know, they took me under their wing and showed me the ropes, literally, and, uh, you know, it's been a couple years of, of me working with them, and it's it's physically demanding work. It can be stressful work, uh, but it's very satisfying, and I love the team atmosphere of working in a union environment with my IOTC brothers and sisters. We look out for one another. We help each other. Uh, we train each other, uh, and, and we just try to look out for one another's safety and make sure that the show goes on. And that's what I really love is, you know, you start out the morning or the afternoon with a few trucks, and those trucks become a beautiful concert, a beautiful musical play, uh, other live entertainment that, you know, folks enjoy and brings happiness to folks. And so it's really it's amazing to see it happen, and there are a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of different jobs involved in just one gig, um, and, and I'd be happy to talk a little, you know, give an example of that as well. But, um, you know, it is is work that I think is very rewarding. It can be gig work because it is dependent on the industry, and, um, you know, in a place like Huntsville, obviously it's not Nashville or Atlanta or, you know, needless to say, Hollywood or Broadway where, so many of our IATSE members live. And so live entertainment is not going to be as uh, continuous. 
But anywhere you find live entertainment, any area big enough to, to have live music, live concerts and musicals, plays, uh, chances are you're going to find some of our brothers and sisters out there doing the behind-the-scenes production. Adam, was there like a training period when you joined IATSE? I mean, like you said, there's there's a lot of moving parts. There's different things that you have to do, and you have to do it very, very quickly. Can you speak to that? Yeah, I wasn't like immediately, you know, sworn into the union day one. You know, I had to kind of show show uh, some some expertise and and take some time to really learn the work. Uh, and even now, I still feel pretty green compared to a lot of my colleagues. But uh, there was a period of, of quite a while there where I was working the gigs just to kind of get get some experience. Um, and then eventually, you know, it became time I was eligible to, you know, apply to be part of the union um, and, and get kind of a, an assurance that, yes, I've paid my dues, so to speak. I've learned the ropes a little bit uh, and can be, you know, trusted to be on a shift and, and be competent. Uh, and the most important thing that I learned was following directions and doing doing as you're instructed, when you're instructed, uh, and no more, no less, right? Because sometimes mm-hmm. uh, your natural urge as a worker is to get in and, and hustle and work hard and, and do what needs to be done. But sometimes you've got to wait, uh, wait for another department, wait for direction. Uh, you know, you can be too eager and, and get yourself hurt or get yourself in trouble. And so that was, that was a learning experience for me to, to just come in, uh, trust the process, trust the folks who come on the road. Uh, and that's, that's a big part of it is collaboration. It, it is a collaboration between, you know, maybe dozens of local hands with folks who come in from the road, uh, and, of course, in collaboration with the venue itself. So there's a lot of folks to talk to each other, a lot of folks who need to listen to each other uh, and work together to make it happen. And, you know, then at the end of the night, you have something beautiful that folks can enjoy. And so it's, it's really, it's a fun job, and, and I enjoy it. I'm sure the people that watch those shows have no clue what's going on behind the scene. And uh, you, you touched on, on safety. If, if you don't mind, if we could pick up on that. Because uh, you're talking about building a stage, and some of these stages today are absolutely, um, uh, you know, unbelievable to look at. They're um, they're they're large. They're complicated. There's lighting. Um, as far as the safety goes, though, I mean, is there like a certain a protocol, like a buddy system, to make sure when you're climbing up that you're going to be safe and you're not going to fall down? Can you? Uh, can you get into that? Yeah, absolutely. And I have observed that in an IATSE environment, safety is much more of a priority than in a non-union environment. And uh, I've even talked to production venue management who have uh, agreed with that, um, you know, and, and have seen that firsthand as well. Um, just to give you an example, whenever the riggers are up in the air, these are the folks working with the chain motors. These are folks who are up in the rafters. Anytime there's folks above us, we are wearing hard hats to protect ourselves. Um, absolutely use the buddy system and, and look out for one another. You know, if someone's climbing ladders, someone, um, you know, is, is going up high. Um, and we, we just, we really tag, tag along with each other to help each other out. And um, there's a lot of, 
times when you may be tempted to push something all by yourself, but no, nope, uh-huh. you need you need a second person on there just to be on the safe side, uh, just to prevent accidents. And so that's something that I really value because it, it can be dangerous work. And uh, anytime you have uh, you know machinery going around and heavy heavy equipment, heavy items uh, that are being pushed and pulled, it's it's really important that you look out for one another. And that's one thing that. I really value with Local 900, as well as with the other IOTC folks that, that have worked with us, is that just we do take safety seriously because these are our brothers and sisters. This isn't a situation like where the company, you know, sees just expendable workers, right? These are our brothers and sisters, and so we look out for one another, uh, and that's something that I think is unique about that union environment, particularly in this entertainment industry. Adam, just about two minutes left here. Any uh, concert, any live event coming up here you're excited to be uh, the stagehand for? Or, or maybe even something in, uh, you know, in the, in the not-too-distant past. Anything you want to call attention to? Well, I've had some wonderful opportunities. I'm looking forward to the Broadway Theater League cranking back up. That season is starting this fall, and, and I know I've already got some, some shows on the books for those. I always enjoy those because it is a fully union crew. Everyone from the musicians to the actors to the road crew, they're all union. Uh, and so that is, is just a, always a, a good experience and a safe experience working with them. And I've had a chance to be backstage of some of my favorite bands and, and musicians. You know, I was very close to Robert Plant, the Robert Plant of Led Zeppelin. Oh, boy. Uh, and that's an experience I'll never get to, to replicate. So... Uh, if I've accomplished nothing else, I got to see Robert Plant behind the scenes, and um, you know that will always live with me. Uh, there you go. Well, I'm with you on that one. I've seen Led Zeppelin many, many times in uh, in the Cleveland market, and yeah, definitely top of the list. In fact, I remember when I was in high school, I used to listen to a whole lot of Love on an old Wallensec tape recorder. This was back in the late '60s, and people were wondering, "What the heck are you doing in that room?" But uh, that's a great story. Thank you for uh, sharing that. Adam Keller, co-host, co-producer of the Valley Labor Report, TVLRFM, is the uh, website you want to go to. You take care, my brother, and uh, happy Stagehands Day today, okay? All right. Appreciate it. Love and solidarity from Alabama. All right. That'll be it for another edition of America's Workforce. Coming up tomorrow, the latest from AFSME and the Health and Safety Fund for Labors International. Until then, all of you. Have a safe and wonderful day. That concludes another episode of the America's Workforce Radio Podcast. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. America's Workforce is a production of Labor Tools and BMA Media Group. Find out more information online at labortools.com.